I'm excited what God's doing in each of you in this community. Uh, 2015 um, uh, was incredible. And I would say it was a banner year uh, for resurgence, for um, lives that were changed. And I just want to say a big thank you to those that volunteer uh, in 2015, those that are partners of Resurgence, that financially give, and you've, you've given and so on, for those that are part of our prayer team, for those that have attended, um, it's not possible without you. And so I just want to say a huge, um, a huge thank you. A thank you on behalf of uh, the lead team, but, uh, you know, it, it just, I just am honored to be part of this. I was driving on the way here, and I'm just like, God, it's an honor to be able to come to something like this. And so, um, why don't you just give it up for everyone that's been, like, volunteering, partnering. Yeah. Well, in late November, uh, early December, God put a, a word on my heart uh, to share with you tonight. I know it's, it's the word uh, that he has. I'm just, I'm really excited. Um, I want to talk on the subject of hope. And over the course of time I've been preparing, this has been reinforced over and over uh, through different situations, through uh, different members of our community, um, my own personal journey. And, and this word is, is for each one of us tonight. It's for, also, it's for resurgence. It's for our community and where we're going in this year. And uh, what is hope? You know, hope can seem like wishy-washy optimism. Um, or unsure optimism. You know, the idea in our culture is that hope is, is to wish for, to expect, but without the certainty of fulfillment. It's, it's, it's you know, it's something where it's like, yeah, I, I wish, I hope, I, yeah, that could happen. Um, it's, it's no assurance of actually getting your desire. That's kind of the common, uh, what hope means in our, our day and age. But the Bible actually has a different definition of hope. And in Scripture, hope is actually, according, when you look in the Greek and the Hebrew and you figure out what hope is, it actually is this. It's, it means an indication of certainty. It's an indication that something is actually going to happen. It's actually strong and confident expectation. It's trust and confident expectation that it's actually going to take place. See, hope may be the activity of hoping for, um, of hoping, or it could actually be the content that's hoped for. See, by its nature, it actually stresses two things. A futurity, so it's a future. Or number two is it actually is um, invisibility. See, it deals with things we can't see or haven't received yet, or actually both. Can't see and haven't received it yet. Romans 8, 24 to 25 says, For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one also hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. See, hope is actually really connected to salvation. It's, it's, you know that when Christ comes into you, it's like, no, I'm saved. And, I, and I'm going to be one day with the Father. Like, that, that's that hope. That's where hope is biblically. It's actually not a static or a passive thing. Hope is actually dynamic, active. It's directive. It's life-sustaining. Um, there's actually, and that's everywhere in the, word, in the Word when we look up hope, that's actually what comes up. It's like, it's, it's active. 
In other words, it's not an escape from reality. Oh, I, I hope one day. It's, it's actually, it's not idle, drifting, or rocking on the front uh, porch. You know, well, I hope one day. Sunny, I hope one day. You know, it's not that. Hope actually puts us into gear. If our hope is based on God and His promises, we actually step into gear. And, and, and it's active. And there's another word that comes up when we look at hope. It's the word hype. <laughs> hype. I looked up hype. It says excessive publicity and the ensuing commotion. An advertising or promotional ploy. Exaggerated or extravagant claims. Inflated, yet it has no backing to it. In our economy, you know, money is backed by, you know, the dollar. It generally, in, historically, it used to be backed by gold. <laughs> now, now they have a different, they back it by the strength of the economy and the ratings and all of that. And... Um, but, but money is valued because there's an economy. There's something actually backing it up. So I pull 20 bucks out of my pocket. The reason it's 20 bucks is because there's an economy. The Canadian government says this is worth this. And, and we know that. And it's, it's sinking daily. Um, <laughs> but a few years ago, I was in Malawi, Africa. And uh, I was there, and we were on a mission trip. I went to buy a pizza. And because their dollar, and I forget the exact exchange rate, but I'm pretty sure it was like, a pizza was $28,000 Malawian. And I remember, you know, you pull out $28,000 and you're balling. Like, it's like 1000 2000 And I'm just like waving the money. Like, I'm the man. Like, I got twenty eight grand right here and I'm buying a pepperoni pizza. You know, it's worth $6 US. You know, like, it's not worth anything, but it makes you feel like, wow, it's like... You know, it's so great. And, and hype is like saying, I have $100 billion of Monopoly money. It's like me filling up truck after brink truck after brink truck, and like, this is all my money. I got 100 maybe billion dollars of Monopoly. I got so much money. And that's great, but yet it has nothing backing it up. There's no gold backing it up. And no one really wants it. You're like, okay, great, Travis, you have $100 billion, but what are you going to do with it? It's just paper. It's just all these trucks filled with paper. And it looks like a lot. See, but it isn't. See, hope is backed by God. And, and, and I don't want hype. I, don't, I, don't, I, want something, I don't want something that's not genuine, that's real. I want real. I, I, don't, want, I don't want to wear a t-shirt that says hope if, if I don't have hope. Like, that's not going to give me hope. I want to know real. I want genuine. I don't want to convince myself or go, okay, I got hope, I got hope, oh, I got hope, I got hope, oh, yeah, I got hope. That's not really real. I need hope inside. <laughs> not, you know, I need it backed up, backed up by God. And tonight as we start 2016, individually, but also as a community, um, God wants us to have an encounter with hope. Hope is not a great idea. Hope is more than me saying it to you and saying it a million times and saying, oh, we're going to have hope. But I actually really believe as I, as I prepared that, um, you know, we're, we're going to have a real encounter, a sovereign encounter with the Lord, that the hope of glory is in this place tonight. And, and I just, we're going to take communion at the end. And, and I just really feel that wherever you're at in that journey of hope, God wants to give you hope and a fresh hope tonight. Um, the Bible says that hope is a being. You know, it's not a doing. It's not things, but it's a being, and His name is Jesus Christ. Uh, Colossians one twenty seven. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know, there's something about Jesus died on a cross to make a reality for us. 
And as we celebrate that, as we, as we remember that tonight with the crackers and, and the juice, that there's something powerful that's going to take place. And uh, incredible breakthrough is going to happen. And um, what I'm sharing tonight is actually a word for each one of us, but it's also a prophetic word over resurgence. And, and I really believe that. I'm convinced of that. And So if you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 3. And we're going to go pretty quickly through that into chapter 4. And uh, in Exodus 3, Moses was tending a flock of Jethro. And he led it to the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire within a bush. And here God, you know, speaks to Moses. And he tells Moses, he, he said he's sending him. And Moses and Moses says, who is sending me? Like, like okay, you're sending me, God, but what if I go? Like, who's going to, like, what, what's going to happen? Who's gonna, who do I say sent me? And God says, I am who I am. He tell, and then he tells him all that's going to happen. And then we're going to move to chapter 4. And in chapter 4, it says, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to Moses, What's in your hand? And he says, A staff, he replied. The Lord says, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and became a snake, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said, Reach out your hand, take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and he turned it back into a staff in his hand. Verse 5 says, this, is, this, said the Lord, is so that people may believe that the Lord, the God of their father, the God of Abraham, the God of Je- Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. And then if we look a little further into verse 20, um, we see you know, Moses takes his wife, his sons, and he puts them on a donkey, and he actually starts going back to Egypt, to where God had called them. And he took, actually, the staff, and it's, the staff was no longer called a staff, it was actually now the staff of God. The staff that he had. And then God told Aaron to go meet him. Aaron shows up at the right place, the right time to meet him. Because God shows Aaron to do that. And then they performed signs and wonders before the people. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned, the people heard that the Lord was concerned about them, they bowed down and worshipped God. See, Moses was actually bringing hope to a whole generation of Egyptians that were caught in slavery. And God had not left them, but He actually cared about them. And there was hope that came. So, Moses had a shepherd's staff in his hand. And this is a a shepherd's staff I have in my house. I was given it uh, in 2009 when I was ordained as a minister. And and, and I kind of think, you know, here Moses, he's got a, a staff, you know. He, he's basically, um, he's using it to protect sheep and animals. He, he's caring for them. It, it helps him walk. It's, it's something that he can actually support his life on. Uh, this is what he does. He's got his father-in-law there. He's got his wife, his kids. He's got sheep. He's just, he's just minding his business by the mountain of the Lord. And um, he has a history with this stick. You know, he probably found it, he probably carved it, he probably made it. Um, he probably has a, you know, where his hand is, it's probably worn down. I mean, it's his stick. He probably doesn't have a lot with him when he comes and encounters God. It's probably his most prized possession. He actually fends off animals that are going to attack the sheep. He, he pulls the sheep in. He, he does all sorts of stuff with this stick. It's like a cane, it's like a crutch. It's actually, you know, a shepherd has a staff. It's his identity. And, you know, it defines one as a shepherd. You need a shepherd's staff to be a shepherd. 
If you said, hey, we're going to have shepherds in our play, what do you get them? You get them a shepherd's staff so they can be in the play. And Moses encounters God, and God says, what's in your hand? I find it funny when God asks questions that he probably already knows the answer to. What's in your hand? Oh, I know what you're going to say next. Um, And he says, a staff. And the Lord says, throw it down on the ground. Lay it down. See, he, he, he laid it down on the ground. And just as God has told Moses to lay it down, I believe that God tells each one of us, me and you, will you not lay down your identity? Will you not lay down the things that define you, your job, your education, your financial status, your marital status, your influence? Whatever it is that defines you, there's a call to, to actually lay that down. And Galatians 2.19 says, reminds us that I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And it's about dying. Jesus has to be the center of our hearts. If anything is in that place, God actually asks us to lay it down. Um, it's no longer about me, but Christ who lives in me. God's saying, let me be the one that gives you identity. Find your identity in me. Find your dream in me. Lay down your dreams. Find your dream in me. Find everything in me. Everything you built, lay it down. Find it in me. And if you've been journeying with resurgence uh, in the past year and a bit, you've noticed that 2015, I believe that we've been on a journey um, as a community to die to self, to give up our man-made identities and roles and things that we've collected along the way in life. And through safe community and vulnerability, we've said, okay, it's time to lay it down. We've led an initiative called Come Plus Unity, where I bet about 200 people have gone through it. And where we, we go, hey, what fears, what things, what, what identities are we holding on to that are not a God? Let's, let's get rid of those. Let's get rid of shame, fear, doubt. And let's see the goal that God has in this and let's call it out. And so you know that then in November, uh, if you're there in November, we had uh, an amazing speaker, um, Jolene Beagle, uh, come and speak an incredible word on how a seed must die, how we must let let, let the seed die. And and she used the word abandon. And uh, abandon the verb is to give up control, to yield oneself without restraint or moderation, to give oneself over, to lay down. You know, what areas of my heart have I been holding on to that I need to lay down? Throw it on the ground. That's what God's saying. And quite frankly, it sucks. Dying sucks. I don't know about you, but um, it actually seems the opposite of hope. Because when I'm holding my identity, when I'm, I'm in control, I have more hope to be honest, because I'm like, I'm in control of this situation, right? And, and God's, all, like, the, the kingdom is, like, about, like, letting go. See, when I have it in my hand, I can actually do something. I can try to make it happen. And here Moses is living, you know, with his wife, his sons, everything, and, and, and he's comfortable, he's safe. And God says, throw your identity on the ground, Moses. That stick... That the only thing you throw that on the ground. Give up control. Because it isn't about you, it's about me. See, the dream of your life that you've thought it out, throw it down. 
your expectations, throw it down, abandon it. And, um, you know, it's a heart issue. God wants our hearts. And, um, you know, as Jolene spoke in November about dying and about um, that, you know, I, I was sitting in the front row and I, and I thought a lot about her message because um, she talked about how we have to die. And, and, I, and I looked at my own story and I remember being, and some of you will know my story, but I remember being in, in university and uh, God had put a, a passion in me for ministry and I, and I really kind of had it planned out how it was going to work. And I, I went into engineering I was in a five-year program of engineering, but through it, I was like, God, this is not what I'm called to do. I'm being faithful. I'm obedient. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to graduate. And what got me through engineering was actually my friend was launching a ministry, and he was going to be an evangelist. And he goes, when you graduate, you'll just come on staff. You'll help run the ministry. And I'm like, that's, that's it. That's my call. That's what I'm going to do. And I remember probably three, four times a week, uh, talking to them on the phone and dreaming about ministry, going, okay, I know what I'm going to do. I know what's going to happen. Boom. A month before I'm to graduate, <laughs> my friend feels a call to move to another city. And I knew in my heart, I'm like, that he needs to do it. But then I'm like, what am I going to do? This is what got me through. This is, this is the dream, God. This is... And it was at that moment I had to lay it down. And I went and worked for an oil company, and, uh, and then I, I picked up another dream at that point. I'm like, I'm going to finance the kingdom. I like this dream. I have a company truck. I've got benefits. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's going to be good. And I was moving up in this company, and there was credible promotion, credible favor, millions of dollars a contract. It was just unbelievable. And yet I felt like God was saying, lay it down. And so I, I laid down my job. I'm like, I quit. My boss like, you're an idiot. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> I, my friend had to drive me to buy a cell phone. I had to get a car insured because I had nothing. And it was just like one of those moments where it's like God says, lay it down. And it sucks to lay it down. Got to be honest. It's really hard. And then even in a few years ago, you know, as God, as, as resurgence grew and it was time to actually like go full time and I couldn't see a way, but, but God found a way and it was like, I need to lay down my like, I want to trust. I want to see how it's going to work. And I couldn't, I had to lay that down and, and go, God, I trust you and I may fail, but I'm going to do it following you. It's hard. It's hard, but that's how God works. And when Moses laid it down, he was afraid of it. The Bible says he was afraid of it because it turned into a snake. And, um, and, and so he's afraid of it, and it had this power because he laid it down. And, and, and then God says, you know, Moses, pick it up. And, you know, when we actually surrender, God does a miracle with it, and we can actually be afraid of it. We can be afraid of, oh, I'm not qualified to pick it up. I, I, whoa, God, like, I, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know. Like, and, and he actually asks us to pick it up. See, it's, it's the process. See, it's one thing to lay it down, and we've had a season for resurgence of laying it down. If you're here tonight, and maybe as I'm speaking, God's saying some areas that you need to die to, that you need to lay down to. We found that spot, Dave, you remember this mic? Yeah. We were talking beforehand, there's a spot. If I walk, it'll make a... So, it's over here. I don't know. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you have to, like, like the, Jesus said to the rich young ruler, sell everything and follow. That's a heart thing. 
And maybe as I'm speaking, God's saying, hey, there's some things, and we're going to give an opportunity for you to lay that down. And, but we've come through this season, too, as a community. And, um, you know, Jesus went to the cross, and he, he bore every single sin of this world. He laid himself. John 15, 13, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Or in 1 John three sixteen, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. You know, God doesn't leave Moses with the staff on the ground. He actually says, pick it up. And when Jesus went to the cross, he actually didn't stay down. He didn't lay down and that was it. That wasn't the end of the story. Three days later, he stood up. Three days later, there was a resurrection. Three days later, there was life. There was transformation. He, he was different. They said he looked like him, but he was also transformed. There was something that happened. And, you know, um, you know, when Moses laid it down, you know, God actually, Moses laid down his dream. Like, he had a dream for his life. But I wonder, like, what was it to, like, write his memoirs, to just sit in the farmer's... Like, it was probably a good dream. It was probably like, yeah, we'll find a, we'll find a good, like, lake and chill out. Like, I, I don't know what his dream was, but I don't think it can compare to anything what God did with him after he laid his stick down and picked up that staff of God. I wonder if he had a dream that one day he could change the world, because he did. I wonder if he had a dream that one day that this very this stick that he would carry would actually be the staff of God, the rod of God as it's referred to from now on. That he would go and, and, and many signs and wonders would happen out of this. I wonder if one day that he would raise this up and, and he, he thought and dreamt that seas would part because he would raise his hands with this staff. I wonder if he actually dreamt that one day that he would hit a rock and water would come out of it. Or he'd see people fed in, in the desert. And I, I wonder if he actually dreamt that one day he'd be the star actor in The Prince of Egypt 2,000 years later. You're playing with the big boys now. If, if you've seen it, you get that. You know, I've got great desires and dreams for my life, but I've discovered God's got greater. God's got bigger. God's, the plans that I can try to figure out don't compare to what God has for me. And when I lay down my dream, even though it seems good and it seems awesome and it seems like God's, all that stuff, when I actually lay that down and I lay it down and I pick up what God has for me, it's totally different. It's bigger than I can imagine. Ephesians 3.20 Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. See, across this room, there's gold, there's potential in every single one of you. Some in this room, you may feel discouraged. You may feel like hope has been cut off. There is no hope. But I believe that God is saying today, there is hope. There is a breakthrough of hope. You, you may have come in here barren and dry like a desert, but God wants to break life in that desert. Breakthrough is here. This is the year of fulfillment. This is the year of promises fulfilled. And, you know, I, the prayer team had no idea what I was going to be speaking on tonight. Tuesday, we go into a prayer meeting, and all of a sudden, the whole room is basically saying word after word about hope. How this is a year of hope, this is a year of breakthrough. I walk into the prayer room today, a couple of people that weren't even at the prayer meeting. I see a desert, and I see life coming in the desert, and hope. So the word is hope. There's hope. 
whether you feel so far from hope, whether you don't even know how to spell hope because you're so, so negative points of hope. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like in the negative. Like it's like I hope, well, I'm, I'm below, I'm minus hope. You know, what's hope look like? I believe there's going to be a manifestation of hope in this community. You know, three weeks ago, I had no notion um, that there was another uh, word that abandoned could be uh, used in a different way. See, I've always known the verb abandon, abandon to, to surrender. But if you actually look it up in the dictionary, there's actually a noun, abandon, to live with abandon. And I was in a, a group from our community. We were in, in Canmore, and we were sitting in a restaurant, and I saw on the wall this quote, and I wish I would have taken a picture of the quote. But I said to, to the group, I said, that's spelt wrong. It says, with abandon. It should be with abandonment. It should be with, like, I'm like, that's wrong English. And they're like, no, no, that's the noun. See, the noun, a complete surrender and freedom from what would hold you back. To live, I believe it's to live with the surrender and freedom. See, abandon, the verb is like give up, surrender, die. But, but there's something about to live with abandon is actually, I know my identity. I know what God's done now. Now I actually have to live that out. See, it takes, it's actually putting it into gear. It's hope. It's active. It's dynamic. It's living with arms wide open. What does it look like to me to live with abandon? To, to know who I am, to know who my father is, to know that, that, that he's calling me and know what I've come through, know that my identity is in him, to know all of that, but now actually to live it out, to take a step forward, to take a risk, to go against things when fear tries to stop me, but believe that no, 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 God's called me. See, what would it look like if we as a community who know our Father die to self and not just come to the cross and repent, but actually live this out every day, an abandoned life, with abandon. You know, Luke 9.23, And he was saying to them all, If anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, set aside selfish interests, take up his cross daily, express a willingness to endure whatever may come, and follow me. Believe in me, conforming to my example in living, and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. See, resurgence is called to the nation of Canada. I was driving my vehicle two weeks ago out of nowhere in, in, a, in a season where I felt like minus hope, no hope in some areas. And the Lord just said it's national mandate. It's an, and I start yelling in my vehicle. The guy in the vehicle looked over. Like, I don't know if he could hear me. I'm just like, it's national. It's like, that guy's crazy. But I'm telling that because I believe that God has called us to a nation for the sake of Canada. Hope is alive. For the sake of a nation. See, Moses laid down a stick. And then in picking it up, he picked up a call for a generation. He brought hope to an entire generation of Egyptians that were trapped in slavery. And he saw freedom come. And I believe what God is calling us as a movement, as a community, is to bring hope to a nation. To pick up and to live with abandon. And said, it's about the sake of the nation. I'm going to live it out. I'm going to live my identity in Him. I'm going to push through fear and doubt and everything that would stop me. I'm going to go for it because I'm called to live with abandon. See, hope is a strong and confident expectation. We're in a, we're in a season, we're in a, in, a, in a season economically where it's like crazy. What's happening? 
There's a shaking that's happening, literally. Fox Creek had an earthquake, like 4.5, you know, probably because of fracking or something. But there was an earthquake in our province. Like, there's a shaking that's happening in everything. And there's a generation that's looking for hope. There's a generation, you know, Olivia Shoup said, he who has the most hope will always have the most influence. Do we want influence? It's about being carriers of hope. God's called us to be a carrier of hope. A a, a movement that's like we're bringing hope. We're bringing hope to the workplace. We're bringing hope to every situation. Everywhere you go, it's hope. Because I know the hope of glory. His name is Jesus. And it's not in my doing, but it's in Him because He's a being. And He flows through me. There's hope. See, hope rises when we lay down, when we walk with abandon, when we, um, we take risks. We're not hindered by fear. Fear of man or fear that is attached to our old identities. So we, we've come through a season of dying, but now it's a season to actually live with abandon. To live with that surrender. To walk that surrender out every day. And so many times we can give up, lay down, surrender and do nothing. Go hide in our cave. <laughs> but actually God's saying arise. Resurgence. Rising again. Arise and shine. Hope is alive. Um, being uh, very vulnerable with you tonight, when I um, talk about the word hope, um, my struggle with hope often involves relationships. Deep breath. Um, and as I prepared this word, I was, I was praying, God, what do you want me to share? And I just, I really felt him um, directing me to talk tonight about relationships. And I, is that, I hope that's okay with you in the room tonight. Um, we're going to go there. And across this room, I understand we have people that are single, married, uh, those that are divorced, those are widowed, those in a different marital status. And, and, I, and I just honor that. I honor the diversity and the family that's in this room. I honor uh, just those that you may go, this is a young adult thing, but I'm older than young adults. We just honor you. We're so privileged that you're here. We're privileged if you're married in this place. I just want to say, we need you. You're part of this. We're all part of this together. And so it's incredible this season of, of married couples and, and what God's bringing. And, and there's the value of people. Like, it's an incredible blessing to look out and just say, man, if I look around this room, there's incredible gold within every one of you. And whether you're married or not married. But I just, for those that are married, thank you. Thank you for being a part of this. For those that you feel like you're a little older than maybe the average, thank you for being here. We need you part of this. We need the fathers and mothers. We need that. And um, I believe tonight God wants to breathe hope into the area of relationships. And um, I'm going to talk specifically about singleness. And as some of you may know me, um, I'm single. Um, I'm not married yet. (laughs) And God has given me an incredible desire to be married. And I've actually never really talked about this. This is the first time. Um, and, uh, and I, to be honest, um, so I can't say, you know, I've always wanted to be on the other side of it. I want to be married so then I can come and we can talk about it. And I can be like, that's the bridge. This is where you cross. This is what I did. This is how to get there. There's hope. But 
but I'm going to talk about it today from being um, in the middle of the journey. And I sense that God wanted me to share and I want to be obedient to whatever He says. And sometimes when we're in something, we can feel and know and it'll never be the same perspective. And I was talking with a friend of ours, Nathan Edwardson, in December, and he's like, have you ever talked on, on relationships? And I'm like, nope. He's like, you should consider maybe writing a blog. I'm like, no, 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 no. You do that. That's good. And he did. Um, and he's like, because sometimes when you're in it, you, ha- you only have a perspective. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. Good. Go for it. And then as I prepared this message, I just, I couldn't shake that idea. And so, um, so I don't come tonight as someone who's figured it out. But if you're here and you're single, um, with a desire to be married, maybe we can relate. And um, we're on a journey to find that bridge together. And uh, singleness can, can be like living at frustration's address. Um, you have this desire, yet there's how... When, why, and most importantly, who? The big question, who? And is there hope? Is there hope? And is, is that wishful thinking? Or is there a confident expectation and a trust in God in this area? And personally, it's, you know, it's an area that I know that uh, God has put a desire in me. But quite frankly, there's times um, it's been really hard. To go, God, where's hope in this area? What does hope look like? What are you saying? You've put a desire, but how do I see fulfillment? I'm in, and I'm in the middle from, from, from this to fulfillment, and how do we get there? And um, it's been an area that I've given much prayer to. I've had disappointments, like probably many of us had in this room. And, and actually, those have actually helped me to learn and figure it out. And so, um, God's been teaching me, teaching me in this area through my own uh, experiences through watching others. Uh, my parents celebrated 50 years of marriage just last year. And so, yeah, it's incredible. And, and we have some incredible couples. I have a network of people that I connect with that are kind of my community of safe people. Many of them are couples. And, and so I, I've been able to watch it and even being in ministry, have wor- a lot of altar ministry with, with various relationship things. <laughs> Everything. I've seen a lot of things. And so, um, yeah, let's talk about singleness. <laughs> you know, God's been teaching me that we must abandon. And I, in, the, in the end of 2015, and, and probably throughout 2015 was the whole word. And, and when Jolene spoke that, it, was, it confirmed an area of like, what things do I have to die to in this area of relationship? And um, what, what expectations... Do I have that maybe they're not formed by God, but actually through media, through just my experiences, through the things I've been through, that I actually have to die to. That I actually have to throw the stick down, lay, lay it down, abandon. What, what fears, what doubts, what mindsets, what stories that I have in my head, how it might look, all those things, God calls us to lay it down. He lay, we need to lay down everything and be willing to trust. God, I lay down the desire for a relationship and willing to trust. That one's a harder one to do because, God, you've put this desire. How do I lay it? Like, but still, I believe God calls us to lay it down. 
And, and as I've talked to couples, actually, in this last week, talked to a few key couples, they're like, oh, that's our story. I had to lay it down. I wasn't looking for anything, and the God brought the person to me. And, and so, because the other alternative is you actually try to make something happen. It's striving, it's for something. And the problem can actually happen is we can quickly put hope in a person. Hope can actually look like a person, not Jesus. Our center can get off. It has to be about Jesus. See, I put my hope in a person and then, you know, if my hope isn't in Jesus, then inevitably that person's going to let me down. Nobody's perfect. And if my hope isn't in him, I'm going to be let down. You know, Matthew 6.33, it's a verse many of us will know. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. I like what author Gary Thomas, he, he wrote a book, The Sacred Search. Uh, if you haven't read it, you want more info, read this. I've read it a couple times. An excellent resource. And he says this. He goes, many people like to add an exception to this verse. They say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, except in finding someone to marry. <laughs> Follow emotions, insist on a thrilling romantic attraction, and overall relational compatibility that makes relationship fun. See, do we trust Jesus that he is the best person for us? Do we refuse to compromise on this? You know, when we talk about hope, what does hope look like in this area? And I just, I want to be honest. I know there's a lot that are married in this room and you're like, okay, I don't really want to hear on singleness. I've been, I'm on the other side of that. But I feel there's something you're going to catch tonight as I, as I share a little bit on this because I, I really believe that there's, there's hope and there's hope in this area. And this is a key area. And in a, in a future time, we're going to talk about marriage and have some, probably some speakers talk about that at some point. But I, and, I, and I don't want to get us off of seeking first God's kingdom tonight. So as I talk about this, this isn't about this. This is about Jesus. At the end of the day, this is about God's call in our life and being a healthy community. But there's a battle between an over-desirous view of marriage and one that is afraid of marriage. And um, as singles, we're called to be healthy and whole and enjoy it. If you're a single person, do you enjoy being single? And it, it, there, there's something about actually enjoying. I look at my life and I'm like, there's things that only I could done, have done if I was single. And I enjoy it. I actually, I've learned to enjoy it. You know, I'm, I'm one that always likes to look ahead. And sometimes we can live like, okay, well, looking ahead and we cannot enjoy the moment. God has you in this moment for such a time as this. Enjoy it. Enjoy this season that you're in. You know, and, and it, it's time to break off comparison with friends. We can go on Facebook. We can see friends that are much younger than us that have three kids and married. And it's easy to see on the outside everything. And it looks, oh, it looks so, so good. We don't know what's going on inside the, the home, but the picture looks good. And we can compare. It's time to break that off. See, trust God. Don't settle for an option that you know in your heart doesn't put him first. Seek first the kingdom of God. See, being a healthy person is key. Healthy people attract healthy people. Hurt people hurt people. And they actually tend to attract to each other. Uh, Gary Thomas's book, he talks about how many times two hurt people get together because they're both hurt and they actually can console each other and they're hurt. And it's just more hurt is what it ends in. And, and, and so... 
the important part is we need to have our identity so rooted in the Father. And how are you preparing? If you're single in this time, what are you doing to prepare? What's expectation look like in this area? You know, learning to serve. You know, they say that a woman treats her dad who treats her dad well and her brother well actually will treat her husband well. How are you treating your dad? If you're a guy, how you treat your mom and your sisters is actually how you'll treat your future wife. You know, I, I've um, uh, been at altars and, and people have come forward with issues of pornography. And they say, I'm struggling with pornography. And one guy said to me, he goes, I'll never get free of it until I get married. And there's a lie that it's like, okay, marriage is going to solve problems. And the problem is that it actually exposes the problem. It doesn't solve it. Marriage will actually expose it. And, and, and God wants us to be healthy now. So if you struggle with things, if you're struggling with things, it's, it's time to get healthy in this area. Seeds you plant in signal, singleness, you'll actually reap in dating and marriage. Like Dean talked about seeds. You know, as a movement, uh, why do we pray for Diane and Ben? Because we're actually sowing into it. You know, like maybe in this room you're like, eh, I didn't really extend my hand forward. I, I wanted to give an opportunity for every single person to sow into them. Somebody came up to me and, and they knew what I was going to share about tonight. And they said, in my singleness, you know, when, when other couples were, 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 you know, getting, hooking up and all this stuff and, you know, dating, and I wasn't finding anyone, I sowed into them. I sowed into their relationships because I knew I'm going to reap and now I'm reaping more than I could ever imagine. So what, what are we doing to sow it in in this season? Marriage doesn't cure our problems, it exposes them. And if our identity is not secure in the Father, it'll be exposed. God wants us so secure in who we are. He wants to know that, that, that we're a son and we're a daughter. He wants us secure. And this is a season to get healthy. You know, it's easy to spend so much energy searching for a good spouse and not enough energy thinking and working on what would make a good spouse. Maybe I'll say that again. It's so easy to spend so much energy working on trying to find a good spouse and not enough on actually thinking and working on yourself to be a good spouse. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's something in this season of singleness that God prepares you. He, he's doing a work. And, um, and the answer, you know, isn't just to die, to lay it down, to abandon, to lay it down. We need to die to areas. We need to let God move. We need to die to those expectations. We do. But we can't just hide in the cave either. And I believe that the word is actually to rise, to, to live with abandon in relationship. What does that look like? What does it look like to live with abandon, to risk, to face fears? Maybe fears of risk, fears of failure, fear of expectation that we have, um, and fear that maybe others have put expectation. Well, you're going to marry someone like this, or all that other junk. We need to push through that, to be intentional, to pursue, to go for it. Speaking of pursuit, that's a common word when we talk dating, pursuit. Guys, be intentional. Take risks. Face fears. Pursue. Be a guy. Don't text. Call. Open doors. 
Be a man. Do the right thing. All the women are applauding. Now it's your turn. It's funny, you know, we can have all these blogs that gang up on, oh, guys need to step up, guys need to... It's both. It takes two for a relationship, and it takes two. And so, girls, women in this place, create a safe place for guys to be intentional. Take risks so that a guy can actually take a risk. Create the safe place. I was at a workshop and a girl stood up and she goes, you know, I used to want a guy to pursue me. And I was like, guy needs to pursue me. But she goes, I was super awkward. When a guy would come, I couldn't look him in the eye because of my relationship with my father. And I, and I didn't have a good relationship with guys. And so a guy would come and try to talk to me. And I would be like looking, arms closed, bad body length, like all those kind of things. And, and, I, and I just never made the door open. I never made it easy. I never, I never made it approachable. So it takes both. It takes both. It's, you know, honor. Honor has to be key. We need to honor each other. There needs to be a culture of honor. Do you honor? And maybe it's not someone that you want or like, but do you honor them in the know? Do you honor them among your friends? Is this a culture of honor where we honor each other and honor what each other bring to the table? See, it's not a blame game. And I often find one group, you know, we can blame the other. Okay, what's well, the guys? No, it's the girls. No, actually we're both as guilty. Hype. Excessive publicity and ensuing commotion. You know, we all love a good love story, but girls in the room probably love it more than guys would. Hence, chick flicks. And I mean, definitely, you know, um, we can easily make a big deal of a coffee, a conversation, of something happening within our community. Um, But we can quickly do is create hype, create gossip, create something before anything is there. And it creates a pressured environment that one conversation or one coffee actually means I want to marry you. And we laugh at that, but I've actually heard, I've heard conversations, two people having a coffee, oh, they would have incredible children. (laughs) Maybe I missed the birds and the bees presentation on this, that somehow coffee and children, I missed that part. My mom didn't tell me that. I, I don't know how that happens. But we, 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 we have excessive publicity and ensuing commotion. I think it describes it. It creates this pressured environment as as community of Christians that are just trying to figure it out. Let's give grace to one another. Let's stay out of everyone else's story and let their story unfold. I love how Ben and Diana's, Benjamin and Diana's story last weekend, just even how they shared it, and it was like different, and it, it, was, it was not like normal like you expect. It was like all these different people sharing, but it's their story, and it's incredible. Like what defines a good story? We, we have these expectations, a story has to look this way or that way. Let God define that. Let God play it out, and let's not get involved. Let's give people a space and a freedom, because it is messy, it is hard. To live with abandon. And when they're ready to tell their story, then they'll tell it. And we won't have to have hype around it.
Let's create a safe environment for that. Um, Taking risks means a good chance that there'll be rejection. And turn down, dump, or as we call it, part of a mutual breakup. As if two people at the exact same second in time decide they want to end something. Isn't that funny? It's like, well, no, it was mutual. Mm, There's not too many mutual breakups. It's generally one person is broken up with and the other person's like doesn't want to say, yeah, he dumped me. Oh, it was mutual. But what do we do with that? You know, I've, if you're a guy, you play video games in a dark basement and eat pizza. And if a girl, uh, what I've been told is it involves ice cream. Maybe Rocky Road is what somebody said. I didn't see it in a chick flag. It's just rumors. It's just rumors. Give me grace. Give me grace. Um, But I know in my own life, after the pizza and the video games and Call of Duty or Halo, um, it's easy to run. It's easy to isolate ourselves from community. The first thing we want to do is actually step back. But actually, I need community. I actually need people around me. I need couples. I, I have a network of people that I actually like, go to and they can pray for me and support. And I can like, show up at their house and be like, dude, I need prayer. Uh, like, I'm going through this. I'm figuring this out. What does hope look like in this area? And, and we, we need that. We need people because otherwise our mechanism is like, I want to run. But then we actually don't learn from it. We don't solve it. We don't figure it out. And other methods are we like to blame. We like to blame someone for breaking us up rather than take responsibility. Um, The fact Jesus died on a cross for our pain and rejection. Does it suck? Yeah, it does. But our hope isn't in a person. It's in Jesus. See, we need to find a healthy way to process the pain and actually learn from it. See, we honor the person before the relationship, during the relationship, and after the relationship. We don't speak ill will. We don't, we don't throw stones because we're hurt. But we actually d- declare honor and life over them. Because if you can honor somebody before it, why can't you honor somebody after it? The Bible says to honor and it actually, Paul is supposed to honor a, a leader that's corrupt, that's killing Christians, and yet God calls him to honor him. That's tough, but that's what honor is about. And, um, you know, we need to speak life. You know, rejection only hurts when it's connected to your identity. So you have to be okay with rejection. And rejection is actually saying, this isn't the one. Rejection's a clear no and actually a freedom to find a yes. And it's good. It's God speaking. And we need to trust that. We don't control or manipulate people. See, freedom is saying, I let you make 100% of your choices and I keep myself from influencing them. I don't want someone to like me because I'm influencing them to like me. That's control. That's manipulation. That's not, that's not freedom. We also have to avoid making walls. When we go through hard things, we can put up walls. I'm not going to go there again. I'm not going to risk again. I'm not going to, you know, and fear can set up walls of hurt. 
God wants to come through and bring hope to that. We need to believe Jesus for hope again. To try, to risk, to step out, to live with abandon in this area. And I'm saying this all because this is a community that we want health in this area. Um, we've seen some incredible marriages form. We have incredible marriages among us. And, and, and we, we've also seen some ugly breakups. They haven't been fun. And, and, and there's something about health. And so I, I just I wanted to share that in this area and just say that there's God, God is bringing together health in this season. I believe that 2016 is a year in the area of relationships where there is hope. And maybe tonight you have gone through some tough stuff in the area of relationship. God wants to give you hope. He wants to give you joy again in your brokenness. And He wants to restore things. And so... What else did I want to share about relationships? You could go on a long time about relationships. There's a lot of things there. Um, But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we have to trust Jesus. We trust Jesus. You know, what is it that that God's put in your heart that you're looking for? What is it, you know, I I really pray, and I've seen this a lot in counseling people and seeing different people come through as uh, singles who who settle, who say, I I gave up waiting on Jesus and I found an option. And I got to be honest, I've seen some pretty tough stories. And it sucks. It, the, the ending, it's, it's short-term satisfaction, but it's long-term pain. Seek first the kingdom of God. Let's seek first the kingdom of God in this area. That we not settle, but actually go, Jesus, I want to find somebody that loves you and makes me love you more. Like, like that's the important stuff, you know. It's character. It's steadiness. It's, it's things that, you know, we, we look at things that so many times we put our expectation on things that are fleeting. And we, we put our, 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 our grid, the list that we're looking for, and it's like, it's not really the stuff that matters in 20, 30, 40 years. You know, Romans 4.18 to 21 says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. And so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him. So shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his face. He, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old. And Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief. Regarding the promise of God. But was strengthened in his face, faith. And gave glory to God. Be fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Abraham trusted God, even though his mind said it's impossible. Your body won't work. It's not naturally possible. But it was possible. Because with God, all things are possible. See, there's hope in the area of relationships in this room. There's hope in the area of marriages in this room. If you're married and you're like, I need hope in this area. There's, I'm struggling. There's some breakthrough that I need. I believe God wants to bring hope. There's the hope in the area of physical healing, that you need healing in your body. God wants to bring hope. There's hope in dreams in this place. As I prepared, I felt there's, there's business ideas and people that have had dreams for business ideas and it's been door closed, door closed, door closed. I declare hope tonight in that area. 
God's put something in your word, in your heart, and I feel like it's a season of, of laying it down. We've laid it down, but there's something where we need to pick it up and live with abandon. We need to pick it up and stand on the promises of God, stand on the things that God has spoken, and, and, and speak hope into areas. And I believe tonight, as in the moment we're going to do communion, that, that I believe that God is going to come and He's going to heal things, but He's also going to, he's going to really bring hope. Hope that I can't do by speaking. Hope that somebody can't do by wearing a t-shirt. Hope that can only come from Jesus. The hope of glory. You know, there's hope for dreams of songs and books. I believe there's writers. God's given you some dreams, some creative dreams. Things that I don't even know how to express when I think about. But there's some, there's some real creative ideas. God wants to bring hope into those in this year. This is the year of fulfillment. Hope is alive. Hope is alive in this place. You know, there's healing of hurt hearts and broken spirits. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a lung fulfilled is a tree of life. The walls come down and hope comes in. Hope wants to come into every wall of our hearts tonight. Practical. You know, how do we live live with abandon? What does that look like? And as I was praying this, I went to our prayer meeting, 13 people in a prayer room, Christie's house, were praying. And, uh, and, and one, of the, one of the people in leadership had a word from the Lord. And, and I want to, it's up on the screen if you could put that. You are deeply loved, I believe the Lord's saying. And the opportunity still stands before you. Every no makes your yes mean it. When you start to say no, you'll begin to be strengthened. Determine in your heart the important things you're looking for. Give up your man-made expectations of what it has to look like. In a world of confusion, still yourself. Listen for my whisper. When it strikes your heart with curiosity, seize it and go after it. And as that was read in the prayer, I'm like, that's what abandon looks like. To live with abandon. To go, God, I, I, I know that I'm deeply loved. And I know there's choices I have, but when I say no, it actually makes my yes even stronger. And I need to give up things that I've, you know, my man-made things so that I can actually hear your whisper. And when it strikes my heart, seize it, go after it. This is in relationship. This is in dreams. This is in work. This is in every area of our lives. This is a word for resurgence for the nation. God, as a, as a lead team, we're meeting in three weeks to go, hey, how do we, how do we what's, what's, what's the call for the nation, God? What are you saying? I believe this is a word that we, we'll stand and we'll go, God, what are you saying? And when it strikes our heart with curiosity, we'll seize it and go after it. Arms wide open. Risking, going against fears that would step us, hold us back, going against doubt or shame or anything of the enemy, and just to go for it. Worship team, if you guys could come and just kind of play softly, that'd be amazing. Um, tonight, we're going to, um, to the end tonight, we're going to uh, do communion together. And communion is. Um, Remembrance and the celebration of the Lord's sacrificial death. It is um, the breaking and eating of bread, in our case, rice crackers, um, and grape juice. And, and the cup is to do with the body. Is the, the, the bread is, is a symbol of Christ's body broken for us. 
And the drinking of the cup has to do with shedding of Christ's blood, whereby we are forgiven. just want us to bow our heads and close our eyes in this place. If you're here tonight, and as I've been speaking, you, um, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's the most important thing that... The, most important decision that we can make. It's the most amazing miracle that can happen. And tonight, He wants to be the Lord of your life. And in a room like this, we can assume that everybody knows Jesus, but I don't want to assume that tonight. If you're here and you're like, I, as you're speaking, Travis, I, I don't know. I don't know Him. Hope can only happen when we actually know the hope of glory. Jesus. And if you're here and you're like, I, I, I want to know him tonight, I just want you to slip up your hand in this place. With no one looking around. Just give an opportunity. Yeah. See that hand? Yep. Yeah. 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 Just wait another second. Yeah. So those with their hands raised, we're just going to all pray together. Just repeat after me. Jesus, I invite you into my heart. The Bible says that you are the hope of glory. So I invite you now. I want to have a relationship with you. Forgive me of my sin. Help me to know you. And what a relationship with you looks like. I thank you that tonight you've come into my heart. And I ask you to fill me with your love, with your Holy Spirit, with your healing, with your mercy, and with your grace. I thank you that I'm a new creation. That there's hope inside of me. Jesus' name. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer, I want you to, before you leave tonight, to talk to me or one of our our prayer team at the end. That's a very important decision. And we just really want to make sure that you have a a church that you're a part of and and, and, and in. And um, that's important. We're going to take communion tonight. And communion in the Bible um, is, is... an act that Christians do. And so if you, at tonight, you go, I, I don't know where I'm at with my faith. And I just ask you to just observe and to take some time to reflect in your own heart what God's doing and He's saying tonight and just kind of observe this. And But if you are a believer tonight, if your faith is in Jesus, then um, I just I, I invite you tonight to communion in a moment. And, and what we're going to do is, as I feel, is that I just want us to right now in the quietness of this moment, if there's things in our heart with our eyes closed that you just go, there's things I need to lay down. There's mindsets, there's fears, there's things that aren't of God in my life. I need to die to some areas of self. I need to, there's sins that I need to lay down. There's, there's things that I haven't actually thrown the stick down. I haven't thrown the rod down. I, I've, I've held on to it. I've tried to keep it in control of it. Maybe it's your identity, whatever it is. And I just in this moment, 
I believe the Lord's going to reveal it. And you're just going to, in this moment, just lay it down before Him. Just you and the Lord, just conversing. Just, God, is there anything in my life that I need to lay down? Is there anything not pleasing in your eyes? Is there anything that I need to abandon to? Surrender. Yield. Just ask the Lord that. We're just going to give a couple moments for you to do that. asking the Lord if there's other things you need to lay down, what it looks like. Yeah, Jesus. So, Lord, we just, we lay this down now. We lay down every sin. We lay down every mindset, every identity that's not centered in you, every role that we've assumed, every fear, every doubt, every insecurity. God, all the things, God, our dreams. God, relationships and how we've, we've tried to imagine or figure them out on our own, our own striving, our own doing, our own, all of that stuff. We lay it down. 
We lay it down like Moses laid that stick down where God says, what's in your hand, Moses? And we lay all that down and we, we just lay it down tonight. We lay down every expectation, every fear, every doubt, where, where every hurt, where we've held on to hurts from past relationships or past bruises or past things that have happened and we've held on with bitterness. We just let all that out tonight. Rejection. We lay it all down at the foot of the cross tonight. All pain, all the things that we've been carrying that we're not meant to carry. Every bag, every baggage, all the things that, that, we're, that just we pick up, we just lay down tonight. We surrender. We abandon to you tonight. We yield it to you tonight, Holy Spirit. We yield it to you. Continue, just reveal the stuff, oh God, that has to go. That has to be God. The stuff, even it's hard for people in this place, are like, I can't let it go. We just pray right now in Jesus' name, by the power of the Holy Spirit, break through to let go and let God take over. We trust you, oh God. We trust you. We trust you. Every lie of the enemy that says we can't trust you or every lie that says you're not a good father, we break that right now in Jesus' name over this community, over every single person here. Every lie, whether it's come from upbringing, whether it's been a relationship with our father or earthly mother, whatever thing that's come in, every, every, where there's been modeled relationships that have not been right, we break those off, those models that have shaped us and formed us that are not of you, and that, that we would lay those down tonight. In Jesus' name. Thank you that it's a new season. Thank you that it's a new territory, that it's, it's, it's 2016. Thank you for hope. Hope, you're in the room. In every single situation here. Yeah. So we're going to, um, Clay is going to lead us and Michael and just so appreciate them. They're going to lead us in some worship and going to take an opportunity for you to collect the emblems. Um, there is fluoride cups over here. It's not fluoride. It looks like your dentist fluoride, but it's not. It's grape juice and rice crackers on each side. And so grab a cup of fluoride looking and, um, and then as you, as you gather that, bring it back to your seat. And, and then we're going to take of the emblems together. And I believe what God wants to do is just continue to really, um, he's just going to, there's going to be a supernatural revealing of hope in this place. I just know it. I feel it. Um, just, you know, it's funny about a year ago, Ryan Adams, who couldn't be here tonight, said to me, you need to do communion at resurgence and something powerful is going to take place. And, and I've waited on that, and I just it hadn't felt like the right time. And about three weeks ago, I'm like, Ryan was talking about tonight. And I just knew it. 
And I know that something powerful is going to happen as we partake this together as a community. Hope is going to rise. Healing is going to happen. Breakthrough is going to happen. And so as we worship and just stay in this atmosphere, let's not talk and let's not, but let's just like continue to go, God, what do I need to lay down? And in a moment, I believe we're going to pick up together what he has for us. We're going to say yes to a life of with abandon, to live this thing out, how he's called us to live it out. And so uh, why don't we stand in this place and as Clay leads us, you can go to the left or to the right and just grab the emblems and just go for it and then uh, wait to take them.
you can just have a seat where you're at. And um, in a moment, we'll just take the emblems. And if you feel like God's, you've laid down some stuff tonight, if you've uh, laid it down, and, and, I, and I just want to kind of go back to what I said a little bit. I'm just thinking the Lord's kind of speaking some stuff that I, I wanted to say. And um, I want to do that before we actually believe that hope comes in and we just we partake of that. But I just, you know what, for... Uh, as we look at singleness, and as I talked about that, and kind of my journey, I, I want to say, um, get healthy. And I said about getting healthy, but what I want to say is, for me personally, for many members of our lead team and, and, and people of Resurgence, we like, I, I believe strongly, very strongly, in in finding ways to get help. And I used to be like, I'm never going to see a counselor. Why do I need to see a counselor? They're for people that are, like, messed up. <laughs> you know? That was just my, honestly, I just... And, and I started to feel the Lord kind of speak to me. He goes, well, how often do you get your car oil changed? And I'm like, well, I get it every 8,000 kilometers on the dot with synthetic. <laughs> you know? And it's funny, is I put more money and effort into my car than maintaining my body, my spirit, my emotions. And so I want to encourage you, if you're in this room and you're like, no, I'm like... I'm too manly for counseling. I I don't want to see a Christian counselor. I just want to encourage you. There's some incredible Christian counselors. If you're struggling with things like pornography, if you're struggling with things of you've been through relationships and you're trying to figure it out, get healthy, get whole, get get ready, get prepare yourself to be the right spouse. And and so uh, I attended a workshop called Single Life. It was awesome. I didn't lead it. I didn't. I went and I attended because I want to be healthy. I want to be a healthy leader. I went to a counselor and I said, I want to be a healthy leader. And he goes, well, what's wrong? I said, I don't really know. I don't really have anything wrong, but I want to be a healthy leader. He's like, well, read a book. But then we started to talk and there's things that I learned in that that I use today. There's tools that, that, that uh, counselors are amazing. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're like, eh, I don't, I don't want to, uh, go to a class, go to a sozo, go, there are so many other tools, don't just let life go by, actually in 2016 say, I'm going to be healthy in this area, I'm going to sow seeds of health, because I've laid it down, and it actually doesn't really matter anymore, because I've laid it down, and it's not about me, but it's actually about your future, your future spouse wants you to go see a counselor. Seriously, they do, because they, they, you can't expect to start something if you're not healthy. And it's funny, we can say, oh, we, we, want, we want a marriage, we want to find somebody. But what are you doing to prepare yourself for it? You know, I was with a, a pastor of a large movement uh, in December, and we sat down, and he says, you know, Travis, he goes, community is a, a buzzword right now. Everybody talks about community. And it's like, we want to go to a church where there's community. We're looking for good community. And we believe that. Believe that wholeheartedly. That's why we, things like community. That's, we believe it. We believe this is an incredible community. But he says this. He goes, it's funny, is that people in community are vulnerable. They're authentic. They're open. And they go there. And that's what attracts people to it. But the reality is, is people are attracted to community But there's some people that don't actually go there. They don't become vulnerable. They don't become authentic. They actually, they sponge off everyone else's experience of community. So they sense where there's a few people that have gone, oh, I want community, and they go for it. And they come and they get to like reap from that. 
But at some point along the way, they actually, because they're not bought into it, they're not owning it. They're not part. They've actually haven't given much of themselves. They still have their walls up. They, they actually end up getting hurt and they end up moving on to another community. They isolate, run, and go do it again. And I feel like that same word is about marriage and is about, it's like, oh, we want to be married. Yeah, oh, I definitely want that person. God, where is that person? Well, what are we doing to prepare ourselves for that? That's key. It's key to be healthy. And, 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 and you know, hope. I wrote this message, and, and there's times, you know, it's funny, I, I listened to, you might have seen this, but uh, Stephen Futrick recently had a message, and he, he basically said, me too. And he's basically walking around his congregation going, me too. I go through tough stuff, me too. I, I, I feel perfect, me too. And it's funny how we can look at someone on a stage and be like, oh yeah, well, they, they have, they've, they've arrived, they've, they've figured it out. No, me too. We're on this journey to figure this out in healthy community. And I wrote this message, the message of hope, in a time in the last three weeks where I've probably felt, there was a couple days where I felt zero hope. And I shared that. But specifically in the area of relationship. Through me stepping out, taking a risk, and not working out the way I wanted it to. But that's okay. That's, that's where Jesus is the hope. That's where hope comes. Two days into that journey, and, 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 and as I was just praying and giving it to the Lord, He started to come and fill me with His hope. Because hope isn't in a person. Hope is in Him. So if you're in this place, and, and, and as we're going to take communion, I just I want to tell you that from the straight vulnerability of my heart, hope doesn't come from anything else but Him. And you may have been hurt. You may, in circumstances, it seem impossible. There's hope. And it's Him. And He's in this place right now. He's hovering in this place. So even as we're seated, I just, I just want you to just get ready. And, and what we're going to do is we're going to take of the, the cup together. And as we do this, it's a start of abandon, to live with abandon in your life, in your relationships, in your dreams, in every area. Jesus said this. He said, this is... He goes, actually, we'll take of the bread first. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let's partake of the body together. took the cup saying this is the cup is a new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it remembrance of me so God as we take this cup together God we remember your blood we remember what you did on the cross we've remembered your body but God I thank you that you've died for every pain for rejection for everything that we'll face that our identity, our life is not our own, but it's yours. And as we partake this together, O oh Lord, 
We thank you that the hope of glory, the very resurrected power of Jesus Christ that lives inside of us would be so alive in this season. That you would be so, God, that you would fill every reservoir of our hearts, every thought in our mind, that you'd be transformed by the power of God as we drink of this cup and we declare hope to flow into every single area of us. So drink of the cup together. We can stand up and... God, I thank you that you're here. Thank you that you're here, Holy Spirit. Just, uh, just invite him in to speak to you right now. I feel like the Lord wants to speak to us. Yeah, just put your hands out like you're to receive something. Yeah. Yeah. Lord, we receive hope in this place today. We receive hope today. We thank you that hope is alive. We thank you for breakthrough right now in every single situation. We receive hope right now. We receive hope right now. We receive hope. Yeah, we just receive, receive hope. Lord would say, I see your today. I have joy for your tomorrow. I cover you with the mantle of hope. I surround you with glad tidings, stories, testimonies that is for everyone. Arise. You are victorious in my name. Prisoners of hope, arise and shine. The dawn is fast approaching. Thick darkness blankets the earth, but you I robe in light. Stand up. Get up. Do not back down. Do not shy away from your gifts. Delight with them. Do not overexpend yourself in many deeds. Instead, awake and realize a person I've created you to be. What you see is temporal, but who you are is eternal. Wrap yourself in truth and know that I am and I never change. Hmm. So we receive that right now, Lord. between you and God right now just focus on the Father He's just good He wants to speak to many of us He wants to speak to you Oh Jesus Thank you
Jesus, Jesus, Holy Spirit. There's an invitation right now for you to come. There has been an invitation. The moment that Christ has locked eyes with yours. I'm pretty sure that there's a a million people. Okay, there's not a million people in this room right now. But you know what I'm saying? That are that are in this room, that, that Holy Spirit has, has quickened their heart. If there's like a beating in your heart right now, that's, that's the Lord. That's his invitation to you. And when we started the service and I said that there was a line that was drawn in the sand and to cross over, I want to cross over into the promised land. Do you guys want to cross over? Because that's what, that's what he wants for us. He's, he's literally parting the sea and he's making it a, a reality. And so as poetic and as inspiring as all of these words that, that Trav gave, I'm just, I'm so jacked. It's so true. But there's something about partnership with the father that he's actually asking us, are you going to cross over? Are you going to grab my promise? Are you going to grab my invitation? Are you going to cross over? This is a safe place. He has made it safe. And I charge you right now, if you are feeling a response, be bold and courageous because he is with you. And go there. Come there with the Father. This, this altar is open, whatever that looks like. Maybe it's going to the back in the corner. But change your position right now. If, there, if, there's a, if you are saying, Lord, I want your hope. I want to live in a, in a life of abandonment. I want to lay it down and pick it up and walk strong. Pick it up and walk strong. Pick it up and walk strong. Because he's in the business. So God, like right now, we just, we just take that step. Whatever that looks like, we take it fully, boldly. This is a moment, Father. This is a moment, God, to claim what is ours. As sons and daughters, as your own, this is a moment. And we want to own it with confidence. That we would take you as our, at your word, that you are faithful and you are true. It's just you and me in this room right now, God, clinging to those promises. We want to say yes. We want to say yes, God. Hope is mine. Hope is yours. Hope is yours. Christ in us, the hope of glory. God, would you reveal your glory? We want to see you, Jesus. 
I want to wrap you around. I love that visual of just like a mantle, this big coat that just comes and, and covers, that shields you, that protects you. We want to put that around us, God. A mantle of hope. Hmm. Yeah. There's still more that, that the Lord is Holy Spirit's just saying, come on, just, I've, I've done everything. I've come so close. Can you just, just take my hand? He's not finished in this room right now. So I'm learning to trust you, God. I'm learning to trust you, God. To take your hand. I'm learning to trust you, God. To step out. Learning to trust you, God. That hope is rising. Hope is rising. I can feel it in the wind and it's changing. Changing atmospheres. I can feel it in the wind and it's blowing. Blowing away all fear. Yeah. I can feel it in the horizon. I can see it in the horizon. I can see you in the horizon. Let hope arise, God. Let hope arise, God. And hope arise, God. Hmm. Hope arise, God. So sing your melodies, see those prayers. Be real with the Lord. Be real with him. Tell him those disappointments. Tell him those fears. He already knows. He already cares. This is a moment where you can be prophetically speaking out, right? Calling, calling out what we want. Destiny. Promise. What do you want from the Father? He's good and he's God. What do you want from him? Start, start talking. The language of your heart. Just be free to, just, to speak it out. Travis just came over and asked if there was anything that we wanted to share and 
just the theme of this evening uh, brought a verse to mind from the Message Bible. And uh, it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 8 through 11. It says, God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways so that you're ready for anything and everything, more than just ready to do what needs to be done. As one psalmist puts it, he throws caution to the winds, giving to the needy in reckless abandon. His right living, right giving ways never run out, never wear out. This most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something you can then give away, which grows into full-formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. And I think it just really represents the abandon he was talking about just to be able to live with abandon to be able to be generous in every way it's not just finances it's in um us opening our hearts to god and just giving back to god the the words of praise that we sing the way that we just walk through life on a day-to-day basis um it's christ in us in the everyday that brings glory to him um and that produces great praise to god There's hope for a couple here that you're having trouble having kids. God wants to give hope. I feel like right now there's, God, we just pray healing right now over barrenness. And we just declare hope. We declare that child will come. God, we just declare. God, I thank you, Emmanuel, God with us. I thank you that you're with us in this journey. I thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us. I thank you right now for a healing right now in this place. A healing for those at their heart, for hope, where it's been sick. Their heart has been sick because they've lost hope. Where they don't even know what hope could look like. And their prayer is, God, just show me, show me how to trust again. Show me how to believe again. Show me. So, Lord, right now, we just thank you that you're answering those cries tonight. We pray healing on every heart, healthiness, wholeness. We thank you for the cross. We thank you because it's because of the cross that we have hope. That tonight, hope is possible because... He went to a cross. You sent your one and only son, Jesus, went to a cross. And now he's here in the room tonight. He's not some figment of our imagination, but his hope of glory is in the room. So God, we ask right now for your glory. We ask for your glory, which is the goodness of God to manifest right now over every single person here into every situation. We thank you that hope is alive. We thank you that there is breakthrough. And we declare breakthrough. 
that there would be streams and rivers in the desert, that new life is springing up through the ground, that the seeds have been sown in the hard seasons would now reap a harvest in this season. We declare that over this community. We declare it over resurgence. We declare it over this city. We declare hope of glory over Edmonton. We declare it over Alberta. We declare it over our nation. We declare it over every person and every desire for relationship and for dreams of businesses and whatever you have for us, God, we declare it over every dream. Your hope, your hope, your breakthrough. Hope is alive. Promises fulfilled in this season. We just declare fulfillment now in Jesus' name. Fulfillment. Not just words on a shelf, but words that come off a shelf and have life to them and go forth in Jesus' name. We speak life over every dream in this place. We thank you that we're called to live with abandon, with arms wide open. God, we break off fear. We break off shame. We break off everything that would hold us back. And we say yes. We say yes. We say yes to you. We put you first, Jesus. We don't put relationship or anything else above you. We seek first the kingdom of God in every area. And we say yes. We live with abandon. We live with abandon. We stand with abandon and we say yes. We say yes to what you have for us. Jesus.